Blog Talk Radio. Anyone want coffee? Hello, fellow book writers and caffeine fiends. Welcome to A Daily Cup of Joe, where you'll get to hear from publishing industry pros and affirm your inner bookworm. Welcome to the Monday edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. One Monday a month is for veterans of Utopia, those folks who've been with the con for at least three years, poured their hearts and souls into the event, and welcome newcomers with open arms. I realize, you guys, that it's Tuesday, but we're just going to go with the Monday theme. (laughs) I'm Joe Michaels of the Joe Michaels blog, and I'll be your host for today. I'm thrilled to have Delphina Henley here as my guest. She's attended Utopia every year and is the author of the new adult series, B3, which includes Unless You Can Be a Unicorn and Ask Me About My Unicorn. She was on the panel's Great Sexpectations and What a Difference a Year Makes at Utopia 2015. You can find Delfina on the web via the live links in the description of the show. I know you're all super excited to meet her, so sit back, relax, and let's get our gab on. Hi, Delfina. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's finally sunny. I didn't say that too <laughs> right? loud. It may start to rain again. <laughs> Yes, don't jinx us, please. I'm really enjoying this warm, <laughs> nice weather. <laughs> so, um, oh, as a an opening here, how do you like your coffee? I like my coffee. Well, iced coffee has to be black, no sugar. But hot coffee, I usually put a little milk in it to cool it off so I can drink it right away. Oh, you and me both, sweetie. I like my coffee like yeah. I like my men. Sweet and white. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let me jump right into my first question here. Um, as you know, we're talking about Utopia, the conference, um, and then we'll get in a little bit into your books and things like that. But let me start with what is it about Utopia that makes you come back each and every year? I, You know, I, I've gone to quite a few conventions and different author events, and I have to say the thing that makes um, Utopia just so unique is that everybody is in there for the connections with other people, and everybody really is in there to lift everybody else up. Um, I don't ever get the feeling of, oh, well, this is the important author, and so we need to do those things or any of that. It's all there's just this amazing camaraderie. It's like a huge author sleepover. So I think that's what it is, is that that sense of community that's just so strong there that I haven't sensed in other places. Right. It's kind of like everyone's on the same playing field. There's no rock stars or anything like that. Right? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you've sold 5 million books, which some of the attendees have, or if you still haven't finished writing your first paragraph, but you really want to. Like, everybody is there for everybody. And it's just an amazing feeling that you don't get in hardly any fields at all much less in a field that some people consider competitive, um, like writing, right. which is just really nice to to see and to know that that's out there. Yeah, even new authors, they their name gets screamed and people tackle hug them. I just think that's 
just very interesting, <laughs> the whole dynamic. It is. <laughs> because we're all rock stars there. Every last one Absolutely. of us. Absolutely. There are no standouts. Like, this person is a goddess. I love it. I think, I think it's just the most amazing place on earth. It, it's very aptly named, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> so I know you've been there every single year. Um, what, what made you come the first year? Well, the first year came because I was scrolling through Facebook because that's how all life decisions should be made. And <laughs> I was scrolling through and I saw um, a little thing that said that Utopia was going to be at such and such and I saw that my friend Jessica was going, and I was like, oh, I think I should go. And now, I said to my friend Jessica, we we talk on the Internet. Like, I had never met her, but I'm like, ah, I should go. And so I said, hey, hubby, I want to go to this. He's like, okay. And that was how I made my decision to go. Best decision I've made in a long time. Um, <laughs> it was just an amazing decision. Um, but, yeah, it was based on a Facebook post that scrolled through my news feed. That's awesome. <laughs> Facebook is Facebook is like life online. It's it's just yeah. nothing. <laughs> so um in that first year, do you remember what your favorite activity or panel was? Like the one thing you just it just stuck in your head that you can't forget about? The first year honestly it was the first night we all decided we were going to go and hang out at the at that time it was um the holiday inn because it was tiny and they had like this big deck outside where everybody patio more than a deck i guess and we all just hung out there and talked and that was where so many of these life what i'm sure will be lifelong connections i had were made which is odd because, you know, I learned so much there. I went from a blog that first year who I had been doing it for months and I had a total of 10,000 views to in two years having almost a million views in a year. You know, it was a huge turning point for me professionally, but those connections during that time period were really the the big thing for me that first year and what kept me going back because it wasn't just sitting in panels and learning things, but I also was making friendships. And I think that was, to me, the big thing that first year. Um, who out of that group of people that was out there that you got to know that first year, who do you still have a really tight connection with? Oh, so many. Um, so many. I mean, um, that's where I met my publisher, that's where I met my friend Elizabeth Kirk, who I communicate with every day um, and have pretty much since then. Um, that's where some of my online friends became real friends. That's uh, like um, Jessica Sorensen and Quinn Loftus. That's where um, I met Carol and Adam Coons for the first time. Um, and I've since, you know, even gone on an adventure with Carol. I mean, it just, there were just so many people at that first time that you just stay connected with. Um, that's where I met Chelsea Fine. I met Tiffany King. Like, so many amazing people were at that first convention. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to see that most of them come back, if not every year, almost every year. Right. Sometimes life gets in the way, but um, I know they all want to be there. Um, I actually have a bunch yeah. of them on the list to be interviewed, so 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, so out of all that interaction, like, where was the epiphany? You know, that moment whenever you were like, wow, I'm going to do this every year if I can. Um, it was when it was time to go and I didn't want to go, which sounds kind of off the wall and silly, but I I go to a lot of different things and I always I always have. I was a teacher, so I'd go to conventions for for my math teaching, and I always loved them. But I was always ready to come home. Um, so everything I've done, you know, I went to Australia, but when I was re- done, I was ready to come home. I took a mm-hmm. class in England. I was ready to come home. I wasn't ready to come home that first year. And so I was like, oh, I guess this is what I'm doing every year. And so I went home and I told my husband that. I'm like, we're going. I'm going back next year. He's like, okay. <laughs> so that's the so, one thing that I can't – that's my one activity that is on the calendar for every year now. Um, and actually, it got moved in weeks, so it's earlier in June than it had been. And that's a mm-hmm. time my husband can't take off of work. Um, it's just a there's two weeks in June that they're told no one can take off at all, and they work on weekends. So my mom now drives from New Hampshire to Michigan and watches the kids so I can go because they all know that this is my important thing every year. That's so awesome. It's good to have a great support system like that. You have it to. really is. <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> I love my support system. I don't know what I'd do without them. Um, okay, so from your perspective, I know that Utopia started off really small. Um, there were, what, about 400 people the first year? Yeah, if that. Not that many? If that. Okay. So I know yeah. that it's almost 10 times the size it was then. So what are there things that you like and don't like about that expansion, and what are they? Um, I mean, I'm a person who changes always hard, so <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. So it always takes me a little bit longer to get adjusted each year to being there. Um, like, oh, there's a new hotel. So, And I'm a person who I need to know, like, okay, well, where is everything located? Where am I supposed to be when? Those kind of things. So that takes okay. me a little bit longer than it did the first year. Um, and also I'm on panels now, and I'm a moderator. So, like, that changes things as well. Um, I think the benefit is that, there's so many new people to meet and connect with and learn from. And at the same time, it's harder to find all the people, new people to meet with, connect with, and learn from. So it's a double edge on that front. But I'm excited to see it grow. I'm really excited oh. about the changes for next year, having adult books and middle-level books. Um, right. I'm super excited about that because I feel like there's nothing like Utopia Con anywhere. So those people mm-hmm. don't have access to this kind of community. And if we can expand where now authors who write for adults can have the same resources and connections, that's amazing. Same especially middle level because middle level is like this little void. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, people think of young adult books and they think of little kids' books. And there's this void of, that really needs all the amazing literature that's being created. And if we can help connect those authors with other authors to come up with ways to help promote them and get them in libraries and schools, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, middle grade authors are amazing. Um, I I had a, do you, are you familiar with Nepris, N-E-P-R-I-S, online? 
No, I don't believe so. They actually um, invite middle grade authors into classrooms to talk with students. Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So maybe we can connect some authors with them and, you know, get them into some classrooms, like you said. That would be pretty cool. Um, okay, so you are uh, you just mentioned that you were on panels. Um, yeah. Over the years, I imagine you've been on many, but I know this year you were on the Great Expectations panel and What a Difference a Year Makes. So tell yeah. us a little bit about those panels. Like what did you learn or what did you discuss, teach? Well, the Great Expectations panel actually um, – came from a conversation I had with um, Amy Evans, who's somebody I met the first Utopia and mm-hmm. is just an amazing person, um, and um, Addison Moore and Amy Lee Strickland, who I also met at UtopiaCon, and we were doing an NA Lit Chat, and we were talking about how there's this, at the time, there was this pressure for new adult authors to push the envelope and how clean new adult authors were kind of getting like backlash, like where's the sex, where's the sex, why isn't there sex in this, even if the storyline wouldn't have included sex. Right. Um, and Addison Moorhead said, yeah, there's a lot of sex expectations. And I'm like, that's what we need to talk about. So I um, wrote up a proposal and I sent it to Jana. I'm like, I think this is something we need to talk about because it's changing so rapidly right now. I have no idea where it's going, but, you know, it's getting backlash on both ends. And so she right. said, yeah, that's great. So we, we set it up and um, it was a great panel. We discussed a lot of different things. And fortunately that acceleration towards new adult being coming almost erotica um, mm-hmm. has sort of slowed down because now there is new adult erotica. And so people who want oh. all sex all the time, but they want their characters to be 24, 25, trying to figure out where they want to go in life, well, they can mm-hmm. do that. It's real easy. They can go one click, the daylight's out of that. But if oh. people want a traditional... Um, Paranormal or urban fantasy or historical romance, any of that in the new adult kind of um, age group, they can get that as well and not worry that it's all sex all the time. So there there has been a huge change just in the past year. Um, it still pushes the envelope in many cases, but it doesn't have to anymore. Right. So that was... I think... That was, I think- Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no. So that was that was mostly what we talked about. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I have. I probably should have attended that panel. I think I was in my own at the time. Um, I have a new adult series that came out just whenever new adult was getting popular, and it's clean. Like it, the language is harsher, but it, there's no sex at all. And I think maybe that put some people off of it whenever it first came out yeah. because I didn't go into it. You know what I mean? I could have, but. I was like, no, nah, I just want this to be more true to life, you know, what these girls would actually do as opposed to what the genre expects, like what you were saying. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. And I was, yeah. <laughs> really, I was really worried when My Unicorns first came out because the first one, the sex scene is so not there that someone who beta read it, who is an author, a New York Times bestselling author, actually said, 
um, it's not clear if it happened. I'm like, yeah, that's the point because that's the character. She wouldn't want anybody to know if it really happened. And that was part of her thing. I'm like, ooh, am I going to get backlash? And fortunately, that's not anything I've heard yet, but it was releasing at the time when everything was all sex, all sex, all sex. Mm -hmm. It was, I'm getting beeped at. (laughs) (laughs) Is is it important? I didn't even cuss. I didn't even cuss, I promise. Just beep it out, Delphina. It's okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So, so speaking of your unicorn, um, so that's a it's a clean new adult, yeah. Um, the first one, it, I I say it's new adult appropriate for a young adult audience. It says the f words a couple times because that particular character, that's what they would do. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's very it's very appropriate. Um, the second one, it's a different it's the story of a different character, so it's it's less appropriate for young adult audience. Although, compared to some of the young adult that's out there, it's really not. <laughs> but the mama bear in me says, I want my 16-year-old reading it. Right. So, Absolutely. So um, where, where did the idea for your series come from? Um, well, <laughs> I love unicorns, and I love shifters. And I'm like, oh, what if there were unicorn shifters? <laughs> and it took me a few <laughs> years to actually go further with that idea. And I had, you know, a high school friend who kept saying, you got to write it because you said it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, right. well, maybe. <laughs> and Ella James, another person I met that first utopia that I um, love and adore and have stayed connected with, um, she kept pushing me to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I better just do it. So I did. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Um, so, so, like, the idea came from your love of unicorns and your love of shifters? Yeah. And I'm like, why can't they be both? And then um, the original um, story is a, um, for the original character, is from the what happens if the whole story about the virgin and the unicorn, it wasn't because she was a virgin, but it was because she had this power. And it got messed up over time. So that was kind of the idea that went through my head. Like, so, so that's how that all came to be. That's awesome. So the premise is it's a girl who is a unicorn. She can shapeshift. Well, it's a girl who can see unicorns. And she does and she's had her this is a spoiler for the first few chapters, sorry. So for the for the um her powers had been suppressed by a relative who she lived with who had recently passed away. So she starts to come into these powers that had been suppressed from the time she was a young child as she is going to college in a town that has their uh, New England town. In New England, they're very famous for having places that are everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, B3 is a bar, a bookstore, um, and a coffee shop. Oh. And so they're owned by a family of shifters. And so that's oh. of shifter unicorns. So that's where they come in. She comes in. That's so cool. 
<laughs> it's so cool. So, okay, and and out of this series, you have an, a new release coming up called The Lion and the Unicorn. The Lion um, and the Unicorn. That, what's well, that one about? Um, in, and when can we expect it? Yeah, the person who owns the bookstore part is a unicorn named Dara Fraser, and she actually writes books in secret. So this is one of the books she wrote in secret. And so it's going to be released under Frazier, um, and that's coming out through Anchor Publishing on August 30th. And you met Anchor Publishing at Utopia, right? I did. I did. I met them. They were one of the first people I met. Um, And it was, (laughs) yeah. And it turns out they're located about an hour from me. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah, so I went all the way to awesome. Tennessee to meet someone from Michigan, but isn't that always the way? Yeah, I went all the way to Tennessee to meet somebody from Georgia, so I'm I'm totally right there on your your level. Oh. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, um, okay, so, so this is an this is an this is an adult novel as opposed to new adult, but it's not like adult. Cue the naughty music. It's just adult characters with adult problems, as opposed gotcha. to. 23 to 25 year olds trying to figure out where they're going in life. So, cool. which is always a fun time, but difficult sometimes to write about. Mm. Yeah. Well, and this one um, is very loosely based on not the line in the unicorn, the poem about um, the British and the Scottish and all that, um, uh-huh. but going back even further, um, the lore of the line in the unicorn being the sun and the moon chasing each other and then hiding mm-hmm. and causing eclipses. So it's based on that lore. And there's a hot lion shifter <laughs> and a unicorn shifter. <laughs> there has to be a hot lion if there's a gorgeous unicorn, right? Absolutely. And if you're going to have a lion and a unicorn, they might as well, you know, be true fated mates. I mean, why not? <laughs> why, why not? It's like the bird and the fish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So you're a relatively newly published author. When did you publish your very first book? Last October. So almost and a year. How, how did how did that grow? Like what? Where did that where did that desire to finally publish a book? I know you have a book review blog, but to transition to writer, like what prompted that? It's something I w- always wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I my friend from high school who. Um, was encouraging me. We were in creative writing club when we were in sixth grade together. Um, like that's always, we used to write books and notebooks. Um, I have a friend, uh, Julie Stone from elementary school, and we used to mail each other parts of books and finish them as pen pals when, we, when I moved away from there. Uh, that's just something I've always wanted to do, but it was always something I was terrified to do. Um, uh-huh. Not the writing. I have plenty of things I've written, but letting other people read it. So, as it is, I kind of open it up to be judged. Yeah, well, and one of the big ones was I was really terrified of my mom reading it. And she loves me no matter what, but I was like, I can't disappoint my mama. And she doesn't even like paranormal books. She likes historical (laughs) books. And she likes cozy mysteries. And this doesn't have any of either of those. (laughs) You know? And they kiss, and she'll know I think about kissing, because the four kids (laughs) didn't clue her in. (laughs) They they just miraculously appeared. But, you know, 
<laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. So did your mom read read your book? I told her not to, but she did, because that's what moms do. So I'm uh-huh. I'm a little I'm very nervous about the line coming out because the line is adult, so it it pushes more boundaries. Um it's still not adult adult, but it's my mama. Right. <laughs> you know? so. so are you afraid she's gonna get hold of that one and read it too? Oh, she totally will. There's no stopping that woman. She's stubborn. That's why I love her. All moms are. You know, my mom is the only one I send my ARCs to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, I, I can't like... do that. It just, and it's, uh, I've always been that way, though. I, you know, the people closest to you are the ones you want to not disappoint the most in my mind. So, so we'll yep, see. Yep, I agree. But, but so, she'll read it, and then she'll know the naughty things that go on my head. <laughs> and then I'll blush a lot next time she comes to visit, and it'll be over. <laughs> that that's good though. <laughs> just, just get it over with, put it behind you, right? Um, so, if, say say I was a new author and I wanted to write a book, what would your advice to me be? My advice is just write it. Don't think about anything else. Don't worry about your format. Don't worry about your grammar. Don't worry if anybody's going to want to read it. Just write it. All that other stuff can come later. But you can get crippled by what about this part and what about that part? And, well, who's going to edit it? Can I edit it enough myself? What if no one? You can cripple yourself and never get your story out if you think about anything other than just getting your story out. So basically just get it down on paper. Yep, just get it down. And you can worry about all the other stuff later, but get your story out. Um that's the best advice ever. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, as you know, Ren Reedy is usually my co-host, but um, she could not be with us today. She is at work. Darn you, work! But um, I know. She, she but actually sent me a question. Jobs. Okay. Sent me a question for you. So she wants to know, how do you balance your time between writing, blogging, and motherhood? Okay. Not well. <laughs> um <laughs> Not well. Um, with writing, I'm a power writer, so that's a little bit easier because what I can do is I can say to my husband, um, I need some of your hotel points. I need to go away this weekend because I need to get work done. And he's like, okay. Um, he's so supportive like that um, because during the week, I can't write. You know, I've got four kids there at camp right now, except for one who's sleeping, which is why it sounds quiet. Like I've got a, I'm a Pinterest mom. Trust me, I'm not. Um, so we have, you know, that part. Um, so that's how I get the writing done. And my blogging has been not not where I want it to be, and um, that's my goal for when the kids go back to school is getting myself back on a better routine. Um, I did upgrade their platform, so that helps. Um, but, yeah, because I'm trying to manage three blogs now because um, I have my blog and then I have Delphina Henley, and I'm just going to put Dara Fraser in with the Delphina Henley because otherwise I just can't keep them juggled. So I have right. no advice on how to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> the kids always come first, but... Other than that, you just do the best you can and and hope for the best. 
So uh, you said you checked into a hotel room to write. Where did that idea come from? Um, was it from another author, or and how how's it work out for you? That was from my husband, um, because he um, he works for the federal government, and uh, he will very often travel, and you build up hotel points when you do that. And they have, I'm just going to pimp the Holiday Inn Rewards Program a little bit. They're like the best rewards program ever because you play cards right. They have rooms that are 5,000 points, which is like nothing in the scheme of how you earn points. So he said, listen, there's a point break, which is what they call those cheap rooms, in this, in the, right next door to where I work. Why don't you check in and get your book done? Because I know you're not getting what you want to get done here and you're getting frustrated. I said, okay. So I did that and I got 20,000 words done that weekend. I'm like, yeah, this is the way to go. <laughs> so, wow, so, now yeah. so now we look for point breaks because instead of 25,000 points, they're five. And uh, last week I was there and I got a bunch done. I'm working on a, a children's chapter book for my daughter, which, by the way, is a lot harder to do than any other kind of book I've ever written, writing in a <laughs> Between 2.1 and 2.5 grade level and trying to stay in there, it's hard. Yeah, you can't use those big words that we all love to use. Well, and sometimes it's just the sentence structure that changes it. Mm -hmm. So you have to break things down into little pieces that you wouldn't normally. And it's it's turned out to be the hardest 6,000 words ever. But that's what she wanted for her birthday. She wanted me to write her mermaid story. um, And a publisher wanted it. So... You know, there you go. We're, so she's going to get her her story. Mermaids can ride bicycles. So I'm very excited <laughs> about it. But I did not get 20,000 words done because it takes longer with that. That's awesome. I think it's just cool that you're writing for your kid. That's just it's, it's amazing that we have the skills to do that. And then, and then we leave them that legacy later on. You know what I mean? They can always show that to their kids and their kids' kids. And it, it, lives, it lives forever in print. Kind of yeah. awesome. Well, and this is a story that she wants. She wanted. She, like she knew, she had the premise of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, and there's this group um, in Michigan called um, Bikers for Books, and they go all to all these different schools and give books to kids. And they go to schools where the population is heavy need, where kids might not get books. Um, and it's just like this great, you know, you get these big hardcore bikers with their tattoos and their leather and coming into the schools and the kids just melt like putty because they're getting their free book. It's just a great organization. And so she wanted books to give to them. So That's we're going cool. to go to a couple of events for them in September with her book. And that oh, that's, that's what she wanted for her birthday. So, so, so where is that? That is, um, one of them is in Olivet, Michigan, and one of them is in Lansing, Michigan. I thought you said Michigan, yeah. Um, Is that the Leathers for Libraries thing that's going on right now for the kids in the hospitals? No, but the um, one event they're doing is for the cancer ward of the hospital, um, specifically, and the other one is for a school district specifically. Um, So it might be called that. I saw your name. I saw your name on yeah, the list. Yeah, it might be that's called, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> that might be what they're calling that event, yeah, because I signed up before they even had a name. 
I just said, oh, you're doing an event? So, yeah, I'm doing it. Um, because oh, they awesome. are just such a really cool organization. Um, and it's great for the kids to see that everybody reads. Mm-hmm. Even like the really cool guys on the motorcycles or the cool chicks on the motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so I, I will, for everybody listening, I will put the link to or the information about that in the description of the show after we're done so that people can go and donate books, authors donate books to this really worthy cause. And they do have to be new for sanitary purposes, but um, feel free to sign them and mail them in. Um, I have the address. So that would be awesome if you guys can get some extra. That would be going. awesome. Um it um when my daughter, my now four year old when she was um just under a year old was at the um was hospitalized for pneumococcal pneumonia and she was in the ICU for a week and it was the most horrific, scary thing ever. Um and one of the things I used to do with her every day once she was off the oxygen was we would walk around so she could get out of the hospital room. And I walked through that cancer ward. Those kids need sunshine. Oh, such an awesome thing you guys are doing. I just it just makes my heart happy. <laughs> Sorry, I make so, my um, own self cry on the video show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm good at making people cry. No, I, I'm, I apologize. I'm so sorry. But, um, yeah, so those kids need sunshine. So if anybody can, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. I know I'm going to go through. The description. Yeah. Excellent. We'll get that address in there. Yeah. You're going to go what? Uh, I'm actually going to go hit all the um, local bookstores and get all the a whole bunch of clearance books, too. So I have our books and some other books because they just – it's nice for them to have something to brighten the day. So, no, oh, absolutely. That's just so amazing. I'm so proud of you guys. Oh, okay, so uh, <laughs> moving on to happier topics. Um, you have a book review blog also. Uh, what prompted you to start that? Where did that come from? That's, uh, that was an odd little twist of thing. Somebody had who, I don't even remember who it was anymore. It was somebody who I know you read a lot of books. I have some authors who need people to read books and put their re- reviews on Amazon saying what you did and didn't like about it. I said, and this mm-hmm. was many, this was before Utopia, the first one, so it was five years ago. Actually, probably yep. almost at least five years ago. And I said, oh, okay, so I, I did a few of them just because people would randomly send them to me. And every time I'd say, I don't have a blog, I just do this. And I would always say, right. I don't have a blog. And I'm like, why do I keep saying I don't have a blog? Why don't I just get a blog? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so how so many books? I, uh, just, how many books have I reviewed? Yeah, just I ballpark. Uh, I have over 1,000 reviews on Amazon, but some of them are products. So uh, over 1,000. But I also read Shifter Crack of it. And a lot of shift to crack is only 50, 60 pages. Mm-hmm. So I have, it's not that I've read as perfect amount as it sounds, but yeah, <laughs> I, I do read a lot. I read every day. Um, um, on a slow week, I'll read five books. On a fast week, I'll read seven, eight. Oof. I've yeah. never actually heard it called shifter crack. That's that's a new term for me. <laughs> 
Well, I like it. it's because you get addicted. Shifter readers read all the shifters they can find. Hardcore shifter readers like me. In fact, I'm in a group where we're all like, oh, yeah, and you know that we're all buying all these books, and we're all reading them all. It's not even like the free book groups where you're like, yeah, everybody's downloading them, but who's reading them? No, we're all reading them. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, remember when so-and-so, that's why I want to read the next one. Like, we're all into that. So let's get cracked. <laughs> we're addicted. So have you just loved them your whole life, or what was the book that really sparked that shift or interest for you? Do you um, remember? I, I, don't, I don't remember. Um, I started... I always liked paranormal, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always read a lot of paranormal. I like urban fantasy, but a high fantasy, a lot of times it takes too much thought because you have to remember mm-hmm. all the world. And so, um, so I was doing a lot of urban fantasy, and more and more I would find a, a book that had a shifter in it. And then I'm, but then I started to realize that what I liked about the shifter is that you know that at the end those two are the ones meant to be together. So you don't have to play the you don't have to worry about oh is there going to be this random extra person thrown in there and turmoil you don't need. Turmoil usually on the outside of them and I like that. Mm-hmm. Cuz yes, you have to fight, but you don't have to you have to fight for love, but you don't have to fight for love with each other. That's already there. It's the outside. And so I think that's what got me more and more into finding them and then finding authors I like who um, did the shifter crack and did BBW. And I was just like, one click, one click, one click, one click. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's certain people I will read no matter what, because as soon as I get the email from Amazon saying they have a new release, I just go in and buy it. Um, Like Kristen Lavelle, she writes... um, Young Adult Paranormal, which is how I discovered her, but she also writes BBW, Shifter Crack. Oh, yeah, I'm buying that. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> what the premise is. I'm buying it, you know? <laughs> right. So um, for anybody who doesn't understand what BBW is, would you like to um, enlighten them? Oh, BBW is Big Beautiful Women, um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be um, what – you think of as big because some people think 25, 24, 26 is a big woman. Some people think 14, 16 is a woman. It's how the woman perceives herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes they're size 12, which is whatever, but you don't have these, you know, oh, and her glorious flat stomach and da-da-da. You don't, you don't read about women you know you will never be, and that's what I like about it. I'm like, oh, I could have been her. Yeah, now, and you can put yourself in her shoe a little easier, Um, and it it doesn't always. It's just the the main character happens to be a different shape, and that's just the title BBW, so you can find it. Right. Um, Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Um, thank you for enlightening the listeners. (laughs) So, what are what are your favorites? I know I know you like all shifters, but what are your favorite ones? Obviously, unicorns. But um, what 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 else? Um, well, I go through cycles. Like I'll go through a while where I'm like, "Where are the wolves? Get me the wolves!" And which is different than werewolves, but we won't get into that because they're more of a horror (laughs) kind of thing. But um, and then right now I'm all about the bear. Um, 
you know, throw a bear my way, and I'm like, ah. But sometimes I'll be into cats for a while, like panthers and lions and tigers and cougars and all those things. So I just go through cycles. Um, but right now it's bears. Um, oh, although cool. I just downloaded, lo- I just downloaded one. Um, that's about two crocodiles. Because I had to. Yeah. Between the crocs. Like, how could I not download that? So I'll be reading that <laughs> well, this week. Okay. So werewolves, obviously. So um, it's just intriguing. I just find out that there are crocodile shifters in the world. <laughs> oh, I've read everything from um, bunnies to a squirrel. Um, yeah. I've read all sorts of different ones. A hedgehog. Oh, um, and the little animals aren't necessarily the women either. Sometimes they're the guys. So you think of your big hot man as as a hedgehog, which makes it hilarious. I had one that was a cardinal, so yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, (laughs) The differences in wolves and werewolves are hard, but. Alice Borchardt, um, I don't know if you know, but she's Anne Rice's sister, and she wrote mm-hmm. The Shape-Shifting um, Wolves. Who, he was a man, or a wolf who was sometimes a man rather than the other way around. Have you read that series at all, like The Night of the Wolf I series? have not, but I will now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> um, she had a master's degree in ancient Roman history, so that's where she bases most of her stories. It's really cool. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Yeah, no, so I, I totally will now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can spread the book love. Um, so we have about three minutes left. Uh, do you okay. have any advice for people with a utopia hangover, which is what we refer to as that downer, that depression, after you leave the happy group of utopia and you come back to your life? <laughs> do you have any yeah. hangover? Oh, and, and it's such a real share? thing. Like, like people are like, oh, I have a this. I'm like, but it's real, guys. It's real. Um, yeah. It is. I mean, one of the things I do is right away I make plans to go again next year because then I know, okay, I've got my mom's coming from New Hampshire. It's all set, done. Like, I can go. And so that makes it feel a little better because it's not goodbye, goodbye. Um, But on that, just trying to um, keep up some of the connections you made. You can't keep up all of them because otherwise you would be, on social media or email or phone all the time. Um, but mm-hmm. make sure you stay connected with somebody that you were with. Um, maybe find a group. There's a We're Going to Utopia group on Facebook. Um, that's a great place. Even if you just want to touch base and get a refresh, say, hey, you know, I just did this. What do you think? Um, to feel that support and uplifting again. Or, hey, I'm doing a newsletter. Does anybody have anything on sale I could put in it? Um, so it goes all directions. But, yeah, just try to hold on to some of those connections because if you just say, oh, it's over and wait till next year, then right. you really haven't gained the full experience anyway. Right. That's so very, very true. All the time um, on online saying, you know, oh, my gosh, I miss my tribe. And that's, I mean, that's to be expected because it is such a powerful experience. Like you said, you didn't want to leave when it was over the first right. year, so you knew you were going to come back. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we only have about a minute left, so uh, for everybody listening, remember that you can find Delphina online via the links in the show description, um, and I actually live linked you. And if you want tickets to go to the conference, that link is also in the show. Have you join us. 
Um, I just wanted to thank Delphina. Please, thank you so much for giving me some of your time today. I know there was a mix-up yesterday. Well, well, yesterday, (laughs) all these roads started closing on my way home, and I just was – it was – Michigan has what they call construction (laughs) season, and it's at its Uh height right now. I had three different roads closed from the time I dropped my kids off at camp to the time I picked them up at noon, and I only – on a oh. good day, would have had to make four turns to get there. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's like crazy. Well, I really, so, yeah, I really appreciate you working with me and, and getting back here and, and, like, coming on and giving me some of your time. That was champ of you. Thank you so much. You were awesome. Well, thank guest. you. It was fun. Awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, I hope we can do it again sometime. I- yes. That's great. Um, have an awesome day, sweetheart. Hope to talk to you again oh. soon. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.